Hi, this is Michael, and you're listening to Soma's podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing. It's our vision as a church to help as many people come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. This podcast is a vehicle to further that vision. If the content has encouraged you in any way, we'd love to invite you to join us in helping us reach more people with the message of Jesus through this podcast and all that we do as a church. You can help by giving on our website at soma.church. We're in a series in the book of Mark called Kingdom Come, and the journey through Mark leads us up to Easter. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday, we'd love to host you. For more information about location and service times, you can visit us at soma.church. Enjoy the message. Today, we're continuing our series, Kingdom Come. And so uh, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark 4 is where we're going to be. We have those note cards, also those books. So you can grab, grab those, get those out, and we'll get cranking. Uh, Mark chapter 4, Jesus begins to teach about the kingdom of God in parables. So up to this point, uh, we started off everything. Jesus shows up on the scene, starts his earthly ministry, and he says, the time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. He says, it's time to pray. It's time to be led by the Spirit. It's time for us to trust God and really repent uh, of the things that we need to repent of, change our mind about who we are and who God is and be led by him. And then uh, he begins to uh, amass a team. He begins to call his followers. And so uh, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. And then he begins to teach them about the kingdom of God in chapter four. And he does so in parable form. And parable is really just a story that teaches a lesson much deeper than what's on the surface. And Jesus, he didn't invent parables, but just like everything else, he perfected it. And so um, there were already rabbis who would use parables in his day. His just hit a little bit different. And so people would come away and they were either a thoroughly confused or they had some kind of like real revelation of like, I've never heard that before. That hits completely different. That was wild. And so Jesus would use parables to reveal a spiritual principle to those who had ears to hear it. And so if you were ready to receive what he had to teach you, it was like, whoa, it was this real revelation. And then it would also, he used them to hide the principle for those who were not receptive to what he was teaching is what the Bible tells us. As a matter of fact, Mark 4, verses 9 and 11, it says, Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And he told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. What? So he's like talking about this passage we're going over today. He's like, here's the secret of the kingdom of God. Kind of a big deal. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. People are still confused. What is he talking about? What's happening? And so in Mark 4, Jesus gives this parable, uh, this famous parable, which is the, the parable of the sower, tells the story about a farmer who sows some seed. A little bit different than, uh, than how people farm today and how people sow seed today. Do we have any farmers in the house? Do we have people who actually farm? Do we have any people who grew up around farming? Better question. Okay, so a lot more hands going up on that one. So for us, it's kind of like a lost metaphor because we're like, I don't know, bro. I don't want to know where my, I don't care where my tomato came from. I just want to buy that that sucker. I don't care where the ribeye came from. I really would rather not know the process for all that. I just want to buy the meat at Publix or wherever. But for, the, for this group, for the, his audience, their agrarian society, every, this, was a, this was a teaching and a parable that would have hit home for everyone. He's talking about a farmer who goes out and he sows seed. And not by like, you know, by machinery, but he, what they would do is they would broadcast seed. And if you've ever like, you know, put, put seed in your yard or uh, fertilizer or, you know, grass seed or whatever. That's what we do. We broadcast. That's where we get the word broadcast is this idea of like throwing seed. And he said, Hey, it's going to land in different places. Some of the seed is going to land on uh, hard soil 
and some of the seed is going to land on rocky soil, and some of the seed is going to land in areas where the soil's okay, but it's just covered up with weeds, and then some of the seed's going to land in good soil, really ready for that plant to grow. Uh, there's a ripeness to it. And so there's four types of soil represents four types of responses when God tells you something. And, and that's, what, that's what it's about. The farmer represents God, the seed represents his word, and the soil represents my receiving or not receiving what God says. So my heart, my mind, my attitude, how ripe am I? And so the whole idea is that God is talking to me and you all the time. And Jesus says, are you listening? Do you apply? Are you ready to receive what God has for you? Because he's speaking to you all the time. And again, this is a big part of what it means to follow Christ. Uh, if, if we're really listening to God, are we applying it to our lives? Do we look more like Jesus? Because, he, again, the Holy Spirit will speak to you every single day and give you application for what God's already said in his word. So here's how we start off. So there's four points I want to give you today. The first one is this. If I want to hear God speak to me, there's four things. If I want to hear him speak to me, I've got to cultivate an open mind. And we see this in Mark, th- Mark 4, verses 3 through 4. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. And I grew up in a a farming area. Like, I grew up in the eastern part of the the state, and my dad's dad was a hobby farmer. He had, like, several acres that he would plant. And uh, it was like, when it was time to eat the food, I was really glad for it. And when it was time to harvest, I was not. You know what I mean? But I was always the grandson. He would call me. Call me up on the phone, get over here, let's pick some potatoes, you know what I mean? So I'm like, Grandpa. So, so anyway, so I remember, I remember what it was like. He had this little uh, Ford tractor, this little 8-in Ford tractor. He would just ride up and down those rows, and we'd plant all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to dig all this stuff up, you know. And so, but I just remember walking these rows, and when you would plant, you'd had vegetation in rows, but then you would also have paths that you would walk in. And as you would walk, it would just like the, the soil would get trampled on and get hard. And you had to walk in these rows because you had to water the plants. He didn't have irrigation. You had to water the plants and you had to prune and you had whatever pesticides. And when it was time to harvest, it's the same place that you walk. But as you walked, it would just harden. It would compact the soil. It would harden the soil. That's what Jesus is talking about here. It's so compact, like the seed can't make its way in. Birds see it and they're like, cool. And they just come and eat it up. And then Jesus explains this in verse 15 of this same passage. Now, majority of his parables, he doesn't explain. But this one he does, which is awesome because we don't even have to guess. He's like, this is what I mean. So verse 15, he says this. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And so the footpath, it represents a hardened uh, and really it being hard and narrow, like uh, a hardened heart and a narrow mind. I don't know if you know anybody like that. Don't look at them. But like the hardened soil represents a closed mind to God. Um, Brooke and I, we were on a Zoom call the other day with someone who's doing some work with the church. And they were remote. And they were like, hey, can we do Zoom call? And I hate Zoom. I don't know if you hate Zoom as much as I do. But like COVID just ruined Zoom for all of us. So we're on the Zoom call. And he had terrible signal where he was at. He was up in the second floor. And it's like his personal office at his house. And he was trying to talk to us, and he kept going in and out. And then uh, it, it, just not, it was just not good. And then, and then he had that weird, like, he was making, like, a weird face, and it, like, stuck there for, like, three minutes. And we're like, it's so awkward. And he's trying to talk to us. We can't hear him. We're like, we can't hear you. And so he's, like, grabbing his laptop, walking around, if you've ever had that moment in a Zoom call. And he gets to a place where he has reception. He has good signal. 
and now we can have a conversation and communicate. And what Christ is saying is, in this first part of this parable is, you have to really decide if you want to hear from God. You have to position yourself to hear. Am I, am I in a place where I really want to hear from him? Like the first thing to hear from God is I got to want it. Like I got, I got to be positioned and be in a place where my heart is ready and I desire to hear from him. That's, the, that's a really important thing. I got to be positioned correctly in order to hear the message. Because what causes a closed mind, according to scripture, are several things. One is pride. So, I mean, again, a lack of humility and I know everything and it's okay and I got my thing going on. Psalm 10, 4 says this, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him, does not seek God. In all his thoughts, there's no room for God. Or it could be fear. You could be afraid to hear from God for what God might tell you, <laughs> where to go, what to do, how to do it. And you're like, I'm good. I don't really want to hear from him. But, but we shouldn't fear God. Isaiah 41, 13 says, for I'm the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. God only desires good things for you. And sometimes in order to experience the great things, the abundant things that he has for us, we go through a season where it is hard, and we go through a season of pruning, or we go through a season of freedom, or we go through a season of letting go of what we thought we wanted for something even greater than what we thought we wanted. But, it's, it, but fear a lot of times will keep us from listening to God. And another thing that will keep us from listening to God is just bitterness, so I was hurt. Someone said something. Someone did something. I was burnt by the church. We got a lot of burnt church people. I was burnt by what happened to me at church or what my mom and dad did or my spouse or somebody else said or did something to me. And then it makes its way into every relationship, and it does. It doesn't just stay there. If you're bitter over a thing, if you're hurt over a thing in one area, everybody feels it. Trust me. And, and, and this is also true of your relationship with God. So when I'm holding on to hurt and when I'm holding on to a grudge and when I have bitterness over an area, over an experience of my life, life, my heart grows hard and it grows cold and I become defensive even to God's love. This is James 1, 21. It says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Um, but we got to have humility and we got to be in a, in a place. He tells us this in the first part of the parable. I've got to want it. Like, I've got to want it, and I've got to be in position. I've got to cultivate an open mind and be receptive to what God says. That's the first place. Because if you're, I mean, again, you're just trampled ground. You're just hard soil. Nothing's getting in otherwise. Do you want it? And, 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 and there's a way around trampled ground, and there's a way around hard soil, uh, and that's just tilling it up. Right? And he will. I mean, he will. He will, you know, it, and it could be a storm and it could be a tractor and it could be whatever's, whatever is needed to loose that soil. He'll, he'll, he'll get to you, but it's just better. It's just better to be receptive and have a humble heart. And so we've got to cultivate an open mind. But here's the second one. If I want to hear God speak to me, I've got to make time to listen. I've got to make time to listen. Got to slow down. Got to make time to hear from God. The second barrier to hearing God is hurry. So we're just in a hurry. And he's speaking, and so many of us, we have a jam-packed schedule that doesn't prioritize God, and we miss out on what he's, what he's wanting to teach us. And how insane is this that you and I, like in Christ, we, this is what we believe as Christ followers. We have a relationship with the God of the universe. We have a relationship with the God who's sovereign over everything. We have a relationship with the God who created us, and yet we're too busy to spend time. Like somehow other things are more important than a relationship 
with our creator. And we can't hear him because we're so busy. Busy is the enemy of relationships. It's the enemy of progress. Busy is the enemy of breakthrough. It's the enemy of hearing from God. I like this quote even better. Uh, busy is the new stupid. Okay, so if like, it's a, this is majority of us go around and we're like, how you doing? It's just so busy. We're busy, you know? And so like we need to trim some fat in some areas. What are my real priorities? What are the things that matter most to me? If you're going to write it down and you should, what are the things that I need to dedicate my life towards and make sure that my calendar reflects that? And I'm not so covered up, so busy, so running so fast that I miss everything. We need to slow down and we need to hear God. We have to make time. Um, and when, when we make time for him and we do slow down, we see and experience him in ways that we, did, that we wouldn't if we were just running so fast. Uh, Brooke and I, we went to Colorado last week. Never been to Colorado. Highly encourage it. Wow, crazy. Okay, so we're flying in, and we look in, and the Rockies are down there, and you can see them from the plane. Like, they look amazing from the plane. But you're flying kind of fast, kind of high in the plane. And when you get on the ground and we're riding in the car to where we were headed, there's a better appreciation more detail, more love for the topography and kind of the, how everything looks. Wow, that looks even better from the ground. And then uh, when we, we pull up to where we're going, we went to this event. And while we were at this event for a couple of days, we went skiing. Our real, our real goal the whole time was to not break a leg, not tear an ACL. I'm going to be straight up. I ain't skied like legit skied in like 15 years. A little nervous. So we, but w- when we went, so we were going slow. You know, we were hitting them green slopes. And uh, we were pizza in it, you know what I mean, going down the mountain. And so we, but we, but as we're going slower, even greater appreciation for the beauty around us. We see snow in the trees. We see wildlife. This is wild. This is crazy. But we're closer and we're going slower. And this is what he's trying to teach us when it comes to a relationship with him. Bible tells us be still and know that I'm God. There's a peace connected to that. There's a trust. There's a freedom. There's a joy on the other side of realizing Oh, you're in control. But it just takes us slowing down in order to remind ourselves. It takes a daily appointment with God. Uh, it, takes this, it takes this time that we set aside. And so we can't be in a hurry. We need to slow down in order to hear from God. And we've got to prioritize it. It needs to be something that matters. I mean, it's high on the agenda for us. And for many of us, it's the first thing that we're, we're quick to let go of that. Oh, I got to, I got to meet them for breakfast or I got to go here that night or I got. And so the, the time that you had dedicated to prayer, the time that you had dedicated to God's word or gathering, whatever the case may be, we're just quick to go. Well, I got this other thing. And so uh, I had a friend of mine. He told me his hack for um, for this is he said, I just set an appointment every day. And in my calendar, it's just an appointment. But it's just like with me and God, he said, I did that. He said, because, you know, people, for whatever reason, culturally, they're like, oh, you have an appointment. Like, if someone asked you, they're like, hey, what do you have tomorrow morning? Let's get together. If you're like, no, nah, I got to read my Bible and I got to pray, they'd be like, what? Like, but if, you, if you're like, I got an appointment, they're like, oh, you got an appointment. You know, like, like, it's a big deal. So he's like, just put an appointment in there, tell everybody you got an appointment, and just keep that appointment. But the idea is to slow down and be more intentional with your day, with your time, with your calendar, and then be ready to listen to what God has to say. Here's how Jesus puts it in Mark 4, 5. He says, some, some of these seed fell on rocky places, and then it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. And uh, this rocky or this shallow soil uh, is just a nod to uh, what it's like for those of us who experience the things of God. And then real quick, we're like, oh, that was fun. That was good. Whatever. And so much of Israel is a very thin layer of topsoil, and then it's just like bedrock 
of limestone. And so what he's saying is, hey, you'd have to like dig up limestone or add topsoil in order for roots to establish themselves. But the problem with many people is they, they have an emotional experience with Jesus. This is cultural Christianity, especially here in the West. We have an emotional experience with Jesus, which is awesome. I'm not anti-emotional experiences. I grew up Pentecostal. I'm all about that. So like, I'm not saying you're human. Like, it's a part of it. Crying and just dealing with your brokenness and the cool things that God's delivered you from, amazing. But also depth, right? So also becoming more like Christ. And this is what it means to kind of get rooted. And he's, he's saying, hey, some of us, we, we get established a little bit, but it's just so shallow. And we come to faith in Christ and we get excited or we have a moment with God. And then it's just like, Tuesday, you know what I mean? And we just never, we never decide to really root ourselves and grow and bring depth. And so it's like if you plant, for those of you that plant grass seed, uh, around, you know, at your house or whatever, if you plant grass seed late in the season, like late spring, you got a patch in your yard, you're trying to fill in, plant it late in the season. Uh, a lot of times what happens is, you know, as you head into summer months, the heat just like burns that junk up because it's not established. It doesn't get established. And that's what he's referring to. Jesus explains it this way in verse 16 and 17 in the same passage. He said, others like this seed sown in rocky places hear the word and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And so the shallow soil represents this superficial mind. And so, again, we can react emotionally, but we're not moved to a point of deep transformation. And it's like it's being it's being thrilled, but but no transformation. And so um, and this is part of the reason why we're doing a series like this in the book of Mark so that we can root ourselves in a text so that we can do our thing on Sunday. But guess what? Monday through Saturday, spend some time in the book of Mark. God will speak to you. Take notes in what God's teaching you in the book of Mark. The reason why we did the books is so that you could take notes on what God's telling you. Don't write down my jokes or my metaphors or whatever. Write down passages of scripture. I give you anything the Holy Spirit's like, that's for you. Like, write it down because you're going to forget it otherwise. The Air Force did a, they did a study a few years ago, and they found that, this is sobering, but 90 to 95% of what we hear within a 72-hour period, we forget, which is super depressing for me given what I do for a living, right? So it's like, it's like, dang, so write it down. Right. So it's like, we got, if, and there's things, there's talks I've been a part of places I've been, that was super impactful for me, but I didn't take the time to like, you know, take notes. And so I, I don't remember what was said. I just remember it was impactful. I was like, that was so good for me. I don't remember what was said. And so even, even in my own reading, like for pleasure, I will write in the margins. I will highlight, I will make notes. I will dog your pages. Cause I'm just not that smart. I can't hold it in my head. And so the whole idea is what, what are the practices, what are the things that help me to establish, to get rooted? What's some memory scripture, uh, some scripture memorization? What's some um, practices that I can have to build discipline and grow deeper in the things of God? And so um, shallow roots, you know, we believe for a little while until the heat's on is what he tells us in this passage. And, and we want to be a person with spiritual roots uh, we want to have deep roots, but then financial struggle comes, somebody gets sick, someone does something to you, or you experience loss, and unless you're rooted, a lot of times um, things let go in that space. And, and there's two things that really help us to get rooted. There's more, but two primary ways biblically that we see. One is we need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. You need an ongoing quiet time of prayer life 
and study. Again, not for the sake of doing it, not so that it becomes like some box to check that's ridiculous and does not work. For the sake of knowing Jesus and becoming like him. So if you only do it for a certificate, we don't do that here, by the way, so we don't even have any certificates. We may, maybe we'll get certificates, I don't know. But, but like we're, it's not a box to check. It's more about a relationship and a personal quiet time with Christ. God, what do you want to teach me? What are the areas that I need to become more like you? Second, I need people who love God, who love me, to navigate life with. Life and faith are way too hard to do in isolation. I need a people. Our vehicle for us is really small groups as a church. It takes larger gatherings to make some small. You're known by name. What are, we, what are we going through? What are the hard things? What do we need prayer for? All of that. And so this is how we get rooted into the things of God. Uh, I need somebody to help me see what I can't see for myself. I have blind spots. You do too. And that's the whole point. And so God speaks through his word, but God speaks through his people. And uh, Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And, and this idea of meeting again, not in just in temple courts or in large gatherings like this on a Sunday, but house to house, you need people that you can meet with and do life and faith with. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here on spring forward Sunday. Come on, somebody in the rain, right? So it's like, y'all are like, whatever we're here. So here's the third thing. If I want to hear God speak to me, I must eliminate distractions. I must eliminate distractions. So I've, I got to cultivate an open mind. I got to make time to listen and I've got to eliminate distractions. What are the things that are white noise for you? What's the things in your life that are not even necessarily bad things? They're just not God things. And they're keeping you from the call that he has on your life. Uh, and, and knowing that is super key to experiencing breakthrough and just being able to experience more of what God has for you. What's keeping you from hearing from God more clearly about your future and the direction for your life? What are the competing voices? And so you, you try and hear God, but it's just kind of crowded out by, by all kinds of things. You're, you're focused on what your friends say about you or, or what your friends think about the world, about what the news says. Please turn the news off. What social media is trying to say and some of us spend our whole life watching other people live their lives. And then what, but what you're getting is just kind of like a highly curated, like whatever, like a fake version. It's not even their real life. And then they're just sitting talking about other people that you don't even know. You don't even know them. We're spending too much headspace on that. Shut that down. And so, um, social media and then broader culture What's broader culture saying we spend all of our time trying to get to what's real and what's true from sources that can't give it to us. And so uh, we've got to eliminate distractions. Jesus says this in Mark, Mark 4, verse 7. He, he says, All other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants so that they did not bear grain. And so the soil with weeds in it has uh, the seeds planted, begins to grow, but there's all these other competing plants around, and it just gets choked out. And, and this is what it's like to hear from God. Some of us, God will plant uh, they'll plant a seed. It'll begin to grow in our life. We're really excited about the things of God, but there's something else over here that's distracting or something else over here that's distracting that pulls us away from the call that God has on our life. And so Jesus, he, he refers to it this way in, in verse 18 and 19. He says, still others like the seed sown among the thorns, they hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke out the word, making it unfruitful. And so what are, the, what, what are the things that pull you in all those different directions? Are you running in a hundred different directions without any Sabbath, 
without any time to sit and think, any time to spend time in prayer, any time to be still and hear from God. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. I'm in control. Resistance, hurry, and busyness keep us from hearing from God. So it's, I don't want to do it. I'm good. I don't want to do it. I don't want you to lord over that area of my life. I don't have time to do it. So many of us say that. I would love to do that. I just don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time to pray. (laughs) You don't have time not to pray. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to spend time studying the scriptures. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to gather. I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to whatever you fill in the blank. I don't have time. I've got other things that are better uh, than getting direction from God for my life. And so um, what chokes us out in this, in this passage, he says there's three things that choke us out from hearing from God. The first one is worry. So what are the things I'm anxious over? What are the things that I'm stressed about? What are the things that I really desire control? I don't have any, and I just feel that tension of, like, I really would love more control, but you don't have control. So, um, and so what are the things I'm anxious over, and I need to hand those over to God? Deceitfulness of wealth. And so where some of us are so busy trying to make a living, we don't make a life. And, and it's, 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 uh, we're so busy, i got to pay my bills, or i got to pay down debt, or many of us, i got to make more. So you're fine. It's just I gotta make I gotta make more, whatever more is for you. And we miss the whole point. And it's not that wealth is bad, and it's not that money's bad. It's that that when I put it in a place of priority, when it's in a position, just like anything else, that it becomes an idol in my life. And, and instead of pursuing what God wants for me, I'm pursuing what I want, what I think I want for myself. I've missed the mark. And now all of a sudden, I'm pursuing other things instead of what God wanted for me. And it might be that God blesses you financially in a way so that you can, but it's always so that you can be a blessing to others. That's the reason why it's there. And so we miss the whole point when we pursue that. And then he goes on and the third thing he says is pleasure. And so there's nothing wrong with pleasure. God gives us pleasure. He's the author of that as well. Um, it was his idea, but, but when we put pleasure in a place again, just like wealth, that it doesn't belong, then again, it's a God, it's, it's become a God thing instead of a gift Instead of, instead of worshiping and pursuing a relationship with the giver of gifts, a lot of times we just pursue the gifts that he gives. And so it's, it's, and, and it's never fulfilling, and it's never satisfying, and it's never going to work. And so we've got to eliminate the distractions that we have. Um, again, sometimes they're good things. It's just they can't become God things. And so another thing on being choked out in this passage is um, question, think about this, if, how many you know, if you, if you like have a hobby garden or if you have something, if you have a green thumb, you know, how many, what, what do we have to do in order to get weeds in your garden? Nothing. You have to do nothing in order to get weeds in your garden, right? So it's like, if you just do nothing, there will be weeds. And so uh, a few years ago, I don't remember how many years this was, probably 2011, something like that. Brooke and I, we, Brooke and I had chickens back in the day. We had six chickens. We had a little chicken coop, and uh, all them chickens got eaten by 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 coyote, which is sad. R.I.P. Chickens. But but the but we had a we had right next to the chicken coop. We had a little little garden. Brooke was like really adamant. We need a garden, girl. We don't need a garden. We we're I'm I don't need a garden. You might need a garden. We don't need a garden, right? So we had all the things. We had dogs and kids and chickens. You know what I mean? Like we so and she's like we need a garden. So we planned this garden. Looked beautiful for like a week. You know what I'm saying? It looked like highly manicured roses. Everything looked amazing. And uh, I mean, by the end of the season, when it was time to harvest, it was just like, where are the plants and where are the weeds and where, because it, it, what's required in order to have distractions is nothing. 
And so, which means some of us, then this is the reason why so many of us have distractions, because we haven't taken the time to realize what are the distractions in my life? What are the areas that I need pruning? What are the areas that I need to trim fat? What are the things currently that grab at my attention that if I were to write it down on a piece of paper, I would never say that these are the things that are most important to me, and yet it's like a, a hefty percentage of my calendar. Like, what are the distractions? And so... The, the soil with weeds represents this preoccupied mind. We have to get to a place of quiet. We have to eliminate distractions. And then here's the fourth thing. If I want to hear God speak to me, I need to do what he says. God speaks to people who decide in advance that they're going to do what he says even before he tells them. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening kind of mindset. And, and it's not, okay, God, you can talk to me if, and you kind of box him in. It's when you get to a place that goes, you know what? I trust you with my relationships, and I trust you with my finances, and I trust you with my life, and I trust you with my future, and I trust you with my salvation, and I trust you. And you just go, would you just tell me what I need to work on? Would you give me direction for my life? But I got to get to a place that I need to do what he says. God doesn't give us his will and his word so we can sit around and debate it, which is what a lot of us end up doing. Yeah, but, but what? But what? It's so ridiculous. And so kingdom come is a mindset that I want what God wants for me. So I got to get to a place, and you do too, we all do, where instead of wanting what I want, I just got to want what God wants for me and then just trust that his want for me is better than my want for me. And that's that kingdom mindset. And so he goes on in verse 8. He says this, Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Because it's on good soil. And so we got to get to a place where we say, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do with my life? How do you want me to spend my money? Who do you want me to pursue a relationship with? Who do you want me to marry? What do you want me to give? Where do you want me to serve? What's the next thing that you have for me, Lord? This whole idea of speak, your, your servant is listening, is where we should be. And so he tells us in this passage, he says, hey, some, some of the seed fell on the path that was picked up by birds. Again, hardened. There's no way in. You don't even want to listen to God. You just kind of written off the whole idea. You're only here because your spouse drug you here because you were confused and you thought you were going somewhere else and now it's just awkward, right? So like, but your heart is hard and you're like, I don't really, I don't really want to hear from God. Or here's where most of us live. So it's not even that you don't want to hear from God in general. It's just over that particular thing. So Lord, speak to me about all this, but don't, don't speak to me about that. Don't speak to me about these things. And man, just keeping yourself from breakthrough by not allowing him to speak to every area of your life. Some fell on rocky soil and after starting to produce because it never developed its roots, the Bible tells us it burned up. So where are we shallow? Where are we making it more about an emotional experience? Again, God gave you emotions. That's why, that's why you laugh. That's why you cry. That's why those things are expressed. But it can't stop there. Can't stop there. You got to put roots down. You got to get established. And some of you, I know we struggle with commitment. I know we struggle with commitment. Like I've been, you know, I've been trying, I've been coming. I've been seeing if this is a fit for like three and a half years, right? So it's like at some point, like just get rooted, get rooted in the things of God, get rooted with God's people and begin to grow kingdom and, and, and help build his church. 
but you got to get rooted. And then some fell in the weeds and produced, but it was choked out by all of its competition. And so the biggest thing I think that many of us are going to struggle with, and the, rea- the reality is, is I've struggled with all these things, is, is distractions. You have more thing pulling at your attention, your ear, your mind, than, and, than any other generation. You've got to eliminate distractions. you got to get back to, hey, what does God say about who I am? What does God say about who he is? What does God say about the person next to me? who doesn't look like me, act like me, who doesn't share my convictions, who I don't even like. What does God say about them, (laughs) right? And God, give me over to your perspective instead of listening to everybody else. And then there's good soul. Jesus says this about the good soul in Mark 4, verse 20. He says, others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. And so the good soil represents a willing mind and a willing mind hears God and accepts what he has to say and then applies it and experiences multiplication. I used to think when I was growing up, I used to think this passage was about four different types of people. So there's a person who is just, man, they're just never going to be in a relationship with God. They're just closed off to God. They're just like, whatever. Or there's someone who's super shallow They love to be loud about their faith, but they really lack consistency. They really lack maturity in Christ. They just kind of talk about it over here and they kind of do a different thing over there. And then there's, there's a third type of person who gets to experience the things of God, but then they get distracted. I say a lot of the issues that we've had in the church, big C church, and just like moral failures, all kinds of things over the past few years has been that third category. God was doing a great work. God was going to establish all kinds of fruit. God was going to move in a huge way. They just got distracted. And you and I do too as well. And then the fourth area, this good soul, this good soil that just says, hey, God, I'm, I'm ready. I desire, I desire more of you. I'm listening. I've set aside time. I've removed distractions. And I really want you to establish yourself, your will in my life. And so I used to think that it was four different types of people But the reality is, if I'm being real honest, I could do all four of these things in the same day. I can have all four different types of attitudes. It just depends on what it's about in the same day. Sometimes I can be closed off. Sometimes I can be shallow. A lot of times I can be distracted. And sometimes, sometimes I'm ready. And so I think the thing that, this is the reason why it matters that we're having, um, that you have a daily discipline and that you have people in your life. Because following Jesus is not easy. It's simple. It's not easy. And, and I need people to help me navigate that. I need to help people to help me look more like Christ. And I definitely need his word to give me direction in ways that I, I don't have it outside of his word. And so when God tells you something and you know us from God, one, one just kind of life hack, a piece of application is tell somebody what God's telling you. That's the reason why we do small group in part is because we'll read through a passage of scripture, do a Bible study together, or just the, I mean, you're in your prayer time and God tells you a thing. And a lot of times it feels real weird or like, I don't know if I should tell, I don't know if I should tell people that, right? Like, but if, but when you tell people what God's speaking to you, that it just hold like, um, it, it just catches root and it holds in your heart in a way than if you don't verbalize it. I mean, so much so that like James 5, 16, he says, hey, confess your sins one to another. You could find healing in those areas. But the same thing's true for dreams or visions or the crazy things that God's told you that you just kind of held on to. And you're like, I need to tell somebody that so that there's a commitment, a level of commitment 
to, hey, God's called me to this thing. And so we can have a closed mind. We can have a resistant mind. We can have a hurried mind, a preoccupied mind, a shallow mind, or we can have a receptive mind. And so the question for all of us today is like, have I been closed off to what God's trying to tell me? Have I not been listening? I've just been, there's been so many other competing voices I haven't heard him. And, um, and then my, my, I highly encourage you to get to a place where you can hear God and then you're applying, you're accepting, you're obeying so that you can experience the multiplication we talked about in that passage. Because um, one of the ways that God prepares soil, one of the ways that God gets things ready for the seed, uh, and people don't like this, but for those of us who are hard-hearted or for those of us that don't desire it, for those of us that are distracted, one of the ways that he gets us ready is he just brings a storm. Not popular and true. So like he'll get breakthrough and, 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 and what I want is I want ripeness on my, I want, I would just want to be humble without that. And I've experienced that plenty of times where God gets my attention because I lack humility, because I'm prideful, because I'm fearful, because of some of the things we've already talked about. But man, what would it look like if we would just humble ourselves before the Lord and say, God, would you speak to us? You want more for us than we want for ourselves. This is, Jesus says, this is the secret to the kingdom of God. And, and so, uh, and he lays it and he explains it. He explains it to us. And so, um, try it on. If you've never tried it before, if you've never started a version Bible plan or a Bible study or on your own, get a Bible that you can read, right? If, if, if you're reading kind of uh, word for word translations that you don't quite understand, get a translation that's more functional, kind of a modern day English version that you get a Bible, uh, a study Bible, Ooh, commentaries are our friends. Okay, people smarter than us telling us, okay, what does that mean? So just get rooted in the word and then get around people who love Jesus, who love you, who are praying for you, who know the things that you're navigating and you can navigate uh, life and faith together in community. And then here's one last challenge before we break because we're headed into Easter. Um, we're, we're just a few weeks away from Easter and there's gonna be people in your life who are, who are more receptive to you leaning in and creating space like on a Sunday experience or a Friday experience for them to come and hear the message and the hope of the gospel than any other time on the calendar. Christmas and Easter are the two times culturally where people would just say yes, because I don't have anything else to do, like sure, whatever. And then I promise you our team is praying. Our team is praying. Our team is doing everything that we can to create an experience for people who are far from God to, to just experience the hope that is in Christ. The good news of who Jesus is is for everyone. I had a conversation with somebody last uh, service about a particular issue and um, just kind of broader cultural conversation around this issue in the church. And we were just talking about who Jesus is. And I said, hey, man, Jesus is the most inclusive person. Whosoever will may come. Like everybody's at the table of Jesus. He's also the most exclusive person. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so we're, we're not going to move on truth and we're not going to move on, on that it's all about Jesus, but also going to cast a wide net so that anybody can come in here and experience the hope of Christ. That's, what we are, that's who we are as a church. That's where we're headed when it comes to Easter. That's what Jesus does. And kingdom come is, hey, let's, let's, the apostle Paul says, hey, let me be all things to all people. Let me, let, me, let me spread and cast a wide net so that I can win some. And then watch God move on people's heart. Anytime we as a church experience like a, an uptick in first-time guests, new people who come to our church, there's always people who, who, who give their lives to Jesus, always. 
but because his word doesn't return void. Not because I'm that good, team's not that good, it's great, whatever. But, but God's word doesn't return void. And then he uses, it pierces your heart because it pierces my heart. Even as I'm speaking it to you, I'm preaching to myself a lot of times. And so think on that as we head towards Easter. God, would you give me eyes to see people the way that you see people? Give me your perspective. Holy Spirit, give me direction. And then help me to cast a, wet, a wide net. It might be that you grab lunch with someone and you share your faith. You don't have to know all the things. You don't have to be a theologian. You just have to share your faith. Here's what Christ has done in my life. But be prepared to do that. And then as we're thinking through today, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, am I someone, like am I, am I in that place where I'm receptive and I desire to hear from God and I'm ready and I've, I've cleared distractions and, and I'm slowing down and I'm really creating space and time and, and I don't want shallow relationship. I don't want just an emotional experience. I want real depth. I want to look like you. And, and just ask him, hey, what are the areas of my life where I'm missing? Where I'm hardening my heart, I'm not listening to God. And so that I can, I can do exactly like Jesus said. I can be positioned in a place to hear from him. Lord, speak. Your servant's listening. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the ability to gather. Come under your name, your name that is above every name. And so in this series, we're reminded that you have a kingdom and it doesn't look like the rest of this world. It's upside down. It's often the opposite of what we would think. And you teach us today in your word that we're supposed to listen to you, accept what you have to say, apply it to our lives. And then we experience, you said, 30, 60, 100 fold in terms of fruit, impact, and, and making a difference in the lives of the people around us, not through our strength, but through your strength. God will be a conduit of your power and your presence and, and the, the miraculous things that you desire to perform in our lives, the marriages restored and the families that are healed and the sickness and, and God, every area of our life, God, for those who are struggling financially, for those who are struggling, you have a desire to do a great work. The only thing holding it back really is, is are, are we receptive? Are we ready? Are we ripe for it? Because some, you're, you're going to grow your church and you're going to build your kingdom. There's no stopping that. It's just whether or not we're a part of what you're doing. So give us over to the courage of conviction that we're called to be a part. We have a part to play. And we're excited to be, a, be about what you're about, which is other people. And, and so to today, would you just remind us of the areas that we're missing out, the areas we're distracted, the areas we don't make time, the areas we've hardened our heart towards you. Would you give us over to a receptive spirit? If you're here today and in a talk about parables and soil and seed, you're just experiencing God pull at your heart and maybe even this season in general, and you just know, I need to go all in. I don't need to fake it. I don't need to be religious. I don't need to go through the motions, but I need to move from a place of just shallow, just a shallow Christian expression to, you know what? I want a real relationship with God. I want deeper things. I want to come alive with him. And if you're here today and, and you know that's your moment today, a moment of surrender where you realize who Jesus is in relationship to you are, who you are, and you're ready to go all in and, and say, I want to experience salvation in him. You just confess that he's Lord with your mouth and you believe in your heart and you experience salvation is what the Bible tells us. So with all of our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if that's you, would you just lift your hand in the room and say, that's for me. I desperately need what Jesus has to offer. I want to surrender my life to him. I'm ready to come into right relationship with God. I believe this moment's for me. I believe the Holy Spirit's tugging on my heart and I know I want to be in relationship with Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Right where you're at, just pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for serving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. 
And thank you, thank you that you love me so much that you give me revelation like what we talked about today where I need to be more dependent on you. I need to ask. I need to be led by you so that I can experience the multiplication, the fruit that you offer on the other side of obedience, 30, 60, 100-fold. And God, I pray that my life would impact others. I pray I'd be a truer expression of who you are. God, help me to become more like your son, Jesus, so that I can, I can be Jesus to the people around me, love and serve people into the fold. Lord, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.